What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, sports fans, football fans? It's fans, period. We like to be up in this joint. It's me and your boys, girls for the girls in the building on a Friday night. I know y'all used to chop up on Saturdays, but we're going to get this thing going on Fridays because we like to enjoy college football around this time. We got everything. Sterling definitely likes to enjoy college football around this time of year. So uh, why don't I give you your chance real quick to go ahead and go ahead and go ahead and brag on what you got going on with your, your college football team. Because Michigan is just out here uh, having too much fun these days. Well, they said that them Wolverines couldn't do it. <clears throat> they said that, you know, Jim Harbaugh can't can't uh, beat Ohio State in the shoe. And he did. Jim Harbaugh is the best coach in the Big Ten. And he got them boys about to play in the college football playoff. Not to mention that we're going to be playing uh, in, in the Big Ten championship game tomorrow night. Sorry, Bruce. I know, I know you're an Ohio State fan. It's all love over here, but... Uh, the Wolverines are cream of the crop right now. I can't even hate. By the way, I, I don't know if you you texted me, you know, the first first quarter of the game. But uh-huh. did you also notice that Donovan Edwards, running back, played the game with one hand? I did. I the, did. The, you saw he was busting them tackles and, and just running just just free in the daylight with one hand, bro. It's just Hold amazing. On. For the record, though, I do want to make it clear that I was going, for, I was pulling for Michigan. Like I said that publicly. You my dog. You got to. Well, I'm just saying because I didn't text because you said I text you. I, I wanted to make sure it wasn't like people don't think I was texting you on some hate stuff because Michigan started off slow. My thing was just like, yo, we're going to have to tighten up this defense if that's how it's going to be, man. Like we got to figure <laughs> this out. And then, man, like they, I feel like the, the first quarter was a little slow. But mm-hmm. I tell you what, bro, once that fourth quarter hit, <laughs> it was curtains. Bye bye. <laughs> you talk about a curtain call. It was absolutely over. Come the fourth quarter, them boys just—it wasn't even fair. It looked like two completely different teams. Yeah, yeah. Michigan's one of the better uh, second half adjustment teams uh, in college football, and that—that's proven statistically. Uh, you know, they—I don't think they've given up, you know, more than thirty points on the season in the second half. Like they've been really good. Well, real quick, we're going to add my man Antoine Staley. You know, your, your favorite New York Jets fan is getting the building. What is yes, going sir. on, bro? Man, what's up? Oh, you sound quiet. You tired, man? I, I just woke up. I ain't going to hold you. I just woke up. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> what's good with you, though, man? How you doing? Uh, just busy, but I'm doing all right. How are y'all doing? We were just talking about how the Michigan Wolverines are the best team in the Big Ten. You know, just, just you know. <laughs> Well, I think so. I mean, as long as they beat Purdue on uh, Saturday, I mean, I think they'll be good. But yeah, I think, I mean, I thought Ohio State was going to win. So, of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> I didn't trust, like, I didn't trust Michigan and Jim Harbaugh going into Ohio State and winning. Like, I hadn't I, seen it. Like, I never, like, they hadn't done it. So, how could you blame me? Yeah. No, nah, I, 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 you know, I didn't think the Bills going. I mean, the the Wolverines are going to win like that. I did no. not see that coming. No, that was, that was like a total uh, domination in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, that they definitely turned it off. What my man say, curtains? <laughs> yeah, I said it was a curtain call. I said yeah, well, it was, was up in the, uh, at halftime. So, yeah, they just turned it on after halftime, and then like a completely different team. Yeah, that is exactly what I said before you popped in. Exactly, like completely different. Shout out to Mister Diggs in the building. Says yo yo yo, let's go Buffalo right here right now. We can, let's just get right into it. I, we gave Sterles this moment to shine real quick. 
because it's only right. But let's get right into the Thursday game. Then we're going to talk a little bit about the Jets game. And then we can talk about the Miami game and then whatever other games that y'all think is important around the weekend. Um, let's let's uh, start with Twan. Like, yo, the, the, way the, the way this game went, I think it, it went in a way that most Bills fans kind of wanted it to go, you know, I actually expected it to be a little bit more competitive. What do you, just first thoughts off the top? What do you think about last night's game, Bills versus the Patriots? You know, how did it? What what went wrong for the Patriots? I mean, their offense. I mean, I think their offense has been an issue the entire time. I mean, their defense is really good. I mean, I think you can say about three about three teams in the AFC East they have really good defenses outside of Miami. Miami is kind of eh, a bit yeah. suspect, but. Yeah, I think uh, the Patriots have a really great defense. Judon is playing all world. What a, you know, argument can be made that he's uh, a big candidate for defensive player of the year. But, you know, when it comes down to it, you got to be able to score points. And I just feel like, you know, they're not set up in a position where they can do that. And it's not all Matt Jones' fault. I think it's easy to look at that. But look at who the play call is. I mean, they got Matt Patricia. I mean, Joe Judge are running offense. I mean, that's – yeah, that's not really a recipe for success, to be honest with you. So I, I'm, I thought it would be close for a little bit, and then the Bills would pull away, and that's kind of exactly what happened. Man, Mac Jones was upset, bro. He was on the sideline screaming, throw the – I ain't going to say the word, but throw the ball, run the game, or the running game sucks. Like, you know, he was going in. Um, I, I think I can understand his frustration. Um, after the game, Ryan Fitzpatrick was talking about how it's a difficult thing when, like, your offensive coordinator don't trust you. And you can tell that he don't trust you because the play cause that's coming in is, like, run here, run there, maybe a screen, short pass here, and they just won't open up the playbook. Uh, Sterles, like – watching it i know we were bills fans but watching the game and looking at it trying to look at it from this the the lens of a, a patriots fan and you see how that offense is and then you see how josh allen is out there just like you know slinging just throwing the ball everywhere uh, what is what what <laughs> i don't even know how to ask this question man like how how frustrated is that for a fan but then it's like what what really realistically could you have expected as a patriots fan because i haven't seen Mac. i know the vikings game was okay <clears throat> But I haven't seen Mac Jones like really light the scoreboard up, you know, throughout his career. Yeah, I think it's, it comes down to so if we, if we look at the Vikings game, the Vikings don't have a really good defense. So so Mac Jones was able to he was able to get his. But I think when it comes when you play a, a Sean McDermott led defense, you know, they're, they're going to test you and, and you have to you know, they're, they're going to change the look at uh, post snap and you're going to have to answer. And they don't have the weapons to do so. And, and Mac Jones is not comfortable in that offense. You know, that little quick game stuff they were doing is just not going to work. It's not going to work. And so they they definitely going to have to uh, – Matt Patricia's not an offensive coordinator. And I don't even know why he's even calling the plays to begin with. I mean, that, that whole – They don't have anybody else. That, that's a, <laughs> right. They don't. And, and Bill Belichick, for all the connections that he has and so forth, you would have just – you just think that, like – they would have done a better job of that. And this is, you know, Torn, we I think we've probably all kind of talked about this prior to the season, but like this was kind of going on in training camp where they didn't have an identity on offense and you just heard like there's no movement in this offense. And then even the the, the seven points with the touchdown that they did score came from Marcus Jones, who's a DB, and he only had one snap on offense. So it's extremely predictable. So that they, they got some work to do. It's just ugly. Swan, you wanna you wanna kinda jump on that as well? Talk about how that office no, is. I just uh I just think that it's just no continuity whatsoever. Mm. It's not easy to point fingers at Matt Jones, but you know, he's not the reason why they don't have a lot of weapons. And he's not the reason why, you know, the play calling has been crappy, probably to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely. That's the nice way. But, yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, I just think so many it's easy to put the blame on him, but you know, I think look at Bill Belichick. I mean, he's not putting them in a position to win. That's basically what it boils down to. And, you know, some of the things that Belichick did well early in his career, he's not necessarily doing some of the same things now. And I know it's easy to they say, you know, you had Tom Brady and that was the reason why they win, but they're what they won, but they also won because they had really good defenses too as well. But, you know, they, they just don't have a lot of playmakers. And it goes back to what why the reason Brady left in the first place too because they, the lack of playmakers that they had. And, you know, he didn't want to deal with that, what Matt Jones is kind of dealing with, you know, right now. And you know what? It's it's interesting, like, to, to look at it. Like, for years, you, you feel like um, the quarterback situation there, when they have Brady, they 
took he took less so that way he could pay his offensive line and, and get a weapon here or there. And it just seems like, you know, you got Mac Jones in this rookie contract. You would think that you would still be able to build the team the same way. But, man, I, bro, th- those weapons, they spent a lot of money on those tight ends and they're not getting the, the type of return on that type of investment. The Bills aren't either. But they're not getting the type of return on that type of pay that you want. Um, the wide receivers, does anybody really think Devontae Parker is a is a true number one wide receiver for a roster? Um, I mean, he was good, like, but he can't stay healthy. That's really the main thing yeah. for him. Like, it's always like I covered him with the Dolphins. Like, I mean, he has the talent, but he can never stay healthy. And he had that one good year in Miami where he stayed relatively healthy, but outside of that, like, nothing really. It's just insane. And Mr. Diggs in the comments says Green Bay and Pats have the same problem, not investing in an early round wide receiver. You, you, I think it's a little different. I mean, it's yes, to this point. But I think it's a little different because you really – I think Green Bay over the years have just kind of assumed that Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers, he can elevate the play of everybody around him. They did get him Devontae Adams at one point, and that was like a match made in heaven. But now it's just like, okay, you you just got to make everybody better. Sometimes you just like – now it's, it's starting to play out now. I think um, – was it Christian Watson looks yeah. like dynamic? Like he looks like he, he yeah. they found something, but you know, early yeah, on, whether it was second round pick, I mean, even Devontae yeah. Adams was second round pick, yeah. So, so I mean, but 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 the Pats, man, they just don't have um, now. Ramon J. Stevenson is a weapon, I love that sure. he didn't. He didn't get to go off last night, thankfully, on the Bills. But, like, really all season, he's been going off, like, every game. He's their leading receiver and their leading rusher. And, you know, man, I love that dude. I can't even hold you. Like, I hate giving compliments to the Patriots on any level. But him and Matthew Judon are, like, my two favorite players in the division outside of the Bills. Uh, Sterles, let's talk a little bit about the, the Bills' offensive line, and then I want to flip that question to Antoine about the Patriots. Um, so, Bills' offensive line, we were without uh, our starting left tackle, Deion Dawkins. Uh, we kind of played, I don't even know if you want to call it musical chairs, with, with uh, Questenberry. He had his left ankle injured. Then we finally, uh, they, they put Bobby Hart in for a couple plays, and he was even worse without an injury. <laughs> like, how do you look at the, the performance of what we saw in that offensive line? Man, it was bad. Uh, namely, you know, David Questenberry. Like he, David Questenberry plays mostly. I mean, he he could play guard. He could play right tackle, but putting him on the left side, I and mean, then they really didn't have a choice because obviously they weren't confident in putting Bobby Hart, which he did see some time in left tackle. But I mean, ankle injury aside, I mean, you look at his technique and what he was trying to do, and it just wasn't working. Like, and you get him up against a dynamic athlete like Josh Uchey. Uh, from Michigan, you know, I got ripped my guy, but uh, and Matthew Judon, man, it, there was no hope. There was no hope. I mean, I felt bad for Josh at times. It kind of reminiscent of uh, what it looked like when he was a rookie with the Bills. You know, they didn't have no help on offensive line, but it was really bad, man. It, it goes to show, you know, Deion Dawkins is worth every penny they pay that man because yeah. Questenberry looked bad. I had people texting me who really aren't football fans talk about how bad David Questenberry looked at left tackle, so it was rough. He was, it was bad, man. Like it was time. And I get it. He's injured. So I'm not, I'm not kicking him while he's down, but I'm just saying like, I am. <laughs> I, I'm, well, well, I'm the guy I feel like, cause I'll bring this comment back up. Um, Spin says, I got to give props to Questenberry for hanging in there. I mean, I knew he was going to get beat and kept going. And then uh, Buffalo late night says Questenberry's injury didn't help, but we do need Dion back. My thing is I don't like to use excuses on any level. And I think I've said it to both of you several times throughout the year at this point. Now it's like, if you're injured, don't play. If if you're not injured and you're playing, I don't want to use the excuse as an injury. So I, I don't know. Like I, I understand that he's that yeah. he had a messed up ankle, but he got beat several times. Yeah. He tripped over his own feet several times. Like it was just bad. But then on the flip, I feel like the the offensive line uh, for the Patriots, they really didn't do. I mean. Mac Jones ran around a lot. He got away from these guys. I don't know why we couldn't seem to tackle him. But Antoine, what what was your perspective looking at that Patriots offensive line? It seemed like without Vaughn, the Bills still were able to to kind of put some pressure. And they got home a couple times, but just not as much as you would think the way they were getting back there. Well, they've had some issues too, kind of with musical chairs. I know uh, Andrews was out there uh, back this week too, but you know he's had some injuries concerns there, but. Yeah, I mean, I think that's been an issue their entire year. You're able to be able to get penetration on, you know, Matt Jones. And 
you know, I definitely saw it when the Jets played them a couple of times too, where they, they sat them with Caban 12 times in two meetings, like, which is just insane. So, yeah, I'm not really surprised that, you know, the Bills were able to get pressure on. I was surprised that, you know, they weren't able to bring him down probably as much as they should have because they probably should have registered more sets. I don't know what the total was exactly, but, you know, I felt like they were in the backfield a lot more um, than as probably the sack total would indicate. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Patriots have had – that's one of their bigger issues. They can't really protect Matt Jones. I know he can move a little bit, but, you know, when you have a guy like there that's not like a Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields – you got to be able to protect them uh, a little bit better than what they have been. And that's really, you know, indicative of some of their offensive issues. We, we just t- got done talking about the Patriots not having the right weapons, but I, at a moment or I, the moment just I actually asked this question too, is Belichick not as good as, of a GM as he is a coach? Cause it, it does seem like obviously when, when the, when the game is on, when the lights are on, Typically throughout his career, he knows how to move the move the pieces around on the field, and they they win, they do good things. But during the offseason, man, it's just like it's been some questionable head scratching decisions over the last couple seasons. Besides Matthew Judah, I think that was the best signing that he's had in, in ages. But you know, aside from from that, it's like is he really just not the GM that he is as a coach? But I mean, he's always been kind of picking the players. I mean, he's always had control of that, so it's not like that's always that hadn't always been the case. I mean, he had a person helping him but ultimately it's his call it's his decision on the roster moves and everything like he has all that power it's just now he's just not making the right decisions that's basically what it boils down to yeah i don't know man because the thing is when you have tom brady it masks all your problems and he doesn't have that security blanket anymore and i think uh bill belichick the gm has always been bad i don't think he's ever really been a, a good uh had a keen eye for talent in terms of valuation, I think, you know, coaches should coach and GM should, should uh, handle the roster. So without Tom Brady in that safety blanket, a lot of their issues are, 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 are uh, showing up. And I don't think they've drafted well either. And that's just, right. that's, that's you the know, problem. But that's yeah. the problem. Like, yeah, state free agency, they've made some nice, okay moves at times, but you know, you got to be able to draft well and then replenish that talent. And that's something that they had not been able to do. You take a cold strange in the first round when somebody, you know, he probably would have been a second or third round pick. Right. I mean, that's not really smart business where, you know, trying Ty- to reach like that. Taekwon Thornton in the second round. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to make better decisions because you're trying to replenish your roster and they, they don't have the talent that some of these other teams have. I mean, they have great coaching. That's why they're probably going to win eight games or so. But, right. you know, to have that talent, that lack of, then it's just really killing them right now, especially in the division where it's so – you know, dead on and tight right now. Yeah, the division I, prior to, and I guess even still after this game is, I feel like it's the best or the second best division in football, depending on just just depending on your perspective. Because you got the NFC, what is it, East, East, and then the AFC East, and both of those divisions just seem to kind of be like, look, we're gonna dog it out every week. It's gonna be some games where the the rankings gonna change every single week, right. and I mean. You saw last week the Bills went to first after Thanksgiving and they went back to second. Now they're back first again. It's just it's a weird thing to see the Patriots at the bottom looking up, but it's a great feeling. I don't know how it feels for you, Anzo. You've covered every team except the Bills, right? So you've covered covered the Patriots at a no? Mm-mm. Okay. I don't know I why I felt like Boston, but no, I never covered the Patriots. Okay. It's just weird. It's just weird, at least for me as as an adult now, because my entire adult life has been the Patriots. You know, it's like they've been They've been that squad, and it's, it's just it's crazy to look at the Bills, and, and now I think Miami's here to stay for a while. I don't think this is a fluke. I'm not a huge – obviously, I'm not a huge Miami fan because of my allegiance to the Bills, but, you know, when you watch them, they're they're um, they're um dangerous. They got two receivers that they're going to have for a while. Tua looks good in this system. It's not – I don't think it's that Tua's out there looking like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, but I think this system absolutely fits his style of play and, and fits his – uh, talent level and look sometimes all it takes is and I don't want to call him a, a system quarterback but sometimes all it takes is having the right coach call the plays that that benefit you well how, he, how he you, had a guy believing in him now I mean he really didn't have that before he had a guy that didn't yeah. want him that's basically for what sure. it boils down to I mean so having somebody it ain't even just the system for me I thought he played well under Flores it he just wasn't confident in him mm. he didn't believe he, he didn't he wanted Deshaun Watson Let's just call it what it is. They, he yeah. wanted Deshaun Watson to be his quarterback. 
you know, the, Chris Greer didn't oblige, and obviously Stephen Rawls too. So they decided to stick with Tua, and it's really paying off right now. So, yeah, I mean, the man's playing at an MVP-type level right now. I mean, I, you can't really deny that. He's definitely a three, four, top four candidate for the MVP at the moment. I don't like it. I don't like it. But before we move on to it, because I do want to talk Dolphins, obviously. They're, they have a huge game this week. Every game is huge. The Jets game is huge. So before we move on to that, uh, my, my people's, my squad over at the Mafia Talk says, uh, Big Dubs, Edmonds catching bodies. I know if I see any comment about my my dog Tremaine, I got to bring it up. And then uh, I, I do want to kind of touch on on the rule. It's been like this since, since Dak. Not Dak, since uh, Dez. I hate that rule about, you know, the ball didn't hit the ground. I think he established possession. And obviously, I'm a Bills fan, so I'm saying it was an interception. It should have been caught an interception. It should have been an interception. But I, I feel like that was an interception, man. And it's like sometimes the, the interpretation of these rules are a little, like to me, super annoying. Um, Tuan, what was your – and then I'll swing that right up to you, Sterles, after Tuan. What was your interpretation of that? Like, I feel like it was a catch, man. I mean, he didn't maintain possession the entire time. I mean, that's – Look, it sucks as a rule, but I, I get it because you want him to be able to make sure you caught the ball and you're not juggling it outside, you know, when you fall down. But, I mean, it, it sucks, man. But I, I think it's the right call. I really do. Like, I mean, it, it's it's hard to know what a catch is anymore. That's basically what it boils down to when, you know, you get these rules and you're like, I, I don't know the guy. Like, he, the ball might have been moving. Did it hit the ground? But, you know, ultimately, I think if there's any kind of question – you got to call an incomplete. So, I mean, I, I don't necessarily disagree with the call. It's just, it just kind of sucks for Bills fans because, you know, that was such an outstanding play at the time. Yeah. Yeah, so, it, it, it's – I would be okay with it if it was consistent. And the problem is it's just not consistent, right? Uh, I, yeah, what is the catch? And the rules need to – can can the rules just be changed, man? Like, we, we make the simplest things hard, when it comes to officiating and the rules of the NFL and, and I get it. Yeah. I mean, you know, he did, did, did seem like that he juggled the ball, but at the same time, man, caught the ball two feet in after that, to me, it shouldn't matter, you know, uh, but unless the ball just completely drops and hits the ground. But uh, the yeah. So I, I, I think it, it should have been a pick. I mean, as, as my bills fandom comes in, that's a, that's a damn pick. All right, <laughs> Tuan, you would feel you would probably feel differently if it was uh, the, you know, if it was Sauce doing that. But uh, no, I wouldn't. I, 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 I mean, like, I mean, I just think you have you have to be able to maintain that possession, yeah. no matter who it is, to, in a state. But yeah, I get your point too. Like, it just, he made a great play, yeah. and then it sucks to have it overturned like that. All right, and then and the last topic on the Bills before we start moving on to the, the rest of the AFC and then around the league, my man PJ, he, he's right. We got to at least touch on this. Um, so Odell Beckham Jr. spent some time in New York, New Jersey yesterday, and today I feel like that he had – well, he's in Jersey. Twan always laughs when I, I point that out. Yeah, like he didn't go – they went to the city last night and had dinner. So they And were, then he's been at the facility. He was at the facility today. But you could throw a rock over to the city. Like, like – I get your okay. This is go ahead. This is go ahead because we're not gonna agree with this. Go ahead. I'm just—it's only one team in New York State, bro. It's oh only God. one. Like, oh my God, this is so territorial. They don't pay New York State taxes. I don't blame them. I don't either. I think it's smart. Them? No, I think it's smart. It's it's incredibly brilliant. And also, where where are you gonna build a football stadium in New York City? I mean, Jay Z and them figured it out for for the basketball arena over there. That's twenty. That's twenty thousand people. Try to fit like eighty thousand somewhere in the middle of the Bronx or somewhere like. Hey, that. they could take some of them parks down. Shit. That's the monopoly man. <laughs> but the point is, he 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 visited the 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 Giants first. He has an order of visits, so it's the Giants, the Bills, the Cowboys. I'm hearing that KC is a little bit in play as well, even though I thought that that kind of died out. And then there was um there was one more team I feel like was making some noise when it came to the OBJ sweepstakes. I got to look it up while while we talk about this. Uh, let's start with this one with Sterles. Uh, I still think, I still think. Regardless of how good Isaiah McKenzie played the last two games and regardless that Gabe grabbed a touchdown yesterday, I still think we absolutely need somebody like Odell Beckham Jr. How, how's your feelings when it comes to the potential? I know we're coming off the ACL tear, but but what do you feel like, you know, this could mean for the Bills if, if we don't let this? Because he's supposed to be in Buffalo tonight. Yeah, I think it, I think it would be huge. Uh, they, they could use a talent like OBJ. 
and, and and not just from a, a football perspective, but I just think another dude opposite Stefan Diggs with that type of confidence would 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 be amazing. Just I think it would give the whole offense a boost. And and you know Odell can get it. You know short, intermediate, and long. His route running is is just really good, man. And I think it would unlock this offense to another level. Um, but you know. The, the dollars got to match. And, you know, the cool thing about all this is no matter who gets Odell, I, he's going to sign for a two or three year deal is what it sounds like. Well, that's a mm-hmm. rumor. So, you know, I, I, I'd be, it'd be cool for the man to get his bag. But if he wants to win a Super Bowl or, or be with a team that's really close to doing that, you know, I think it's with Buffalo rather than the Cowboys. I think it's with both. I mean, I feel like Bills fans talk about Cowboys like they're nothing. Right. But I think the Cowboys have a good defense. I think Dak is a good quarterback, and they have some key pieces. I'm just confused as to why you want to sign an Odell Beckham Jr. at this point of his career, as and then you let uh, Amari Cooper go. Like, to me, that's just the only confusing part. Like, you had Amari Cooper. You had the talent. And Twine looks like he don't agree. It's money. So. No, it's money. Like, yeah. that's why. It was, it was a bit salary. It's a bit, a bit of a salary dump. That's basically what it was. So, I mean, and yeah, I think they, they, de- the Cowboys definitely need somebody else. And I thought they, they thought probably somebody else would step up out opposite side of CD Lamb, mm-hmm. but that hasn't been the case too, as well. So, yeah, they definitely could use somebody like that. Buffalo could use somebody like that. I mean, I know you talked about Kansas City, obviously. I mean, you know, you talk about, you know, they look great, but they, it's still like so- something maybe missing. With the Chiefs too, right? Where they have they need a playmaker like that. I don't know how much he's going to give you at this stage, at least right now. But you know, to have somebody that can command that attention, I definitely think would be big for any of these teams, including I mean, even the Giants too, where they definitely need another playmaker, somebody to take some pressure off Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I feel like all three of these teams that we're talking about have it. Um, PJ mentions that that. Allen misses Beasley. I think we all miss like if you if you're being honest about what the game is and and the way Josh Allen has been connecting with his with his weapons here. I think all three teams we we miss two of those teams miss Beasley, the Cowboys and the Bills. Um, shout out to to our RC three with the super chat. Love the show, guys. Keep up the work, the good work, man. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Diggs with another one. Ty guys, Allen, Allen. Oh, I don't. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, okay. guys. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like, hi, guys. I sound <laughs> crazy over here. Like, I can't read. Uh, Alan Diggs' connection is prime for Super Bowl 57. I hope so, man. But mm-hmm. I feel like it. I feel like coming into the season, I didn't feel like there were going to be as many teams in that conversation. But now I feel like it kind of developed into more than just like the the usual suspects. So uh, let's get it. Let's get into it. And in the first one, we already kind of started talking about them a little bit earlier. Let's talk about Miami, man. Uh, This Miami and San Francisco 49ers game is probably for me, the game of the weekend um, that I'm going to be paying attention to most. I already, I think I said earlier, uh, y'all know what my, my rooting interest is. And I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely out there when it comes to the 49ers. Uh, Twad, let's talk about this game from your perspective, man. I know, you know, it, it has, it matters with the Jets as well. Cause the Jets is close when it comes to, to the standings. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, well, I, I'll talk about that matchup too. I mean, it's best going to come down to, you know, the Dolphins offensive line. I think, you know, they're going to be without Armstead. It looks like. Uh, he's doubtful for the game against San Francisco, and I imagine he doesn't play because I think they want him for the home stretch and, you know, somebody that has, like, injury history there with him. So, yeah, I mean, going up against that 49ers defensive line, which is one of the best in the NFL, obviously a lot of people talk uh, talk about Bosa, too, and what he's able to do there. Can they protect Tua? And then if they're able to protect Tua, then I think you'll be able to get some explosive plays down the field, but – I think it's going to be a tough challenge, too, especially when you're facing a defense that's as good as what they're, you know, going to face on Sunday. So, yeah, that's a big matchup. And also, can they slow down Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers offense? I think the Dolphins offense has been – I mean, defense has been suspect. You know, even if you look at the second half of the Houston Texans game uh, last week there, they kind of took the foot off the pedal. I know they were up, you know, pretty big in that one, and they allowed some points there late, and – you know, I guess they the offense like this with Kyle Shanahan calling the plays, then yeah, I definitely think you know it's going to be a tough challenge for him. So I, I think I, I like the 49ers in this one, and you know I know Tua has been undefeated, you know, in the games he's finished as a starter, but you know I definitely think that's probably going to come to an end uh, on Sunday. 
Uh, shout out to my girl B. She says she need the 49ers to squish the fish. That's how, I think that's how all the Bills yeah. fans are thinking. Um, I, I feel like I heard, and I, I got to go back and double check, but I'm, I'm thinking that I read somewhere that uh, both their starting tackles are going to miss this game as well. So I think this is like going to be well, a Nick Bosa. And I know Austin Jackson is like, I think he's uh, going to play. But yeah, but um, I think he's questionable, but I think he's going to play. But I know Armstead is, pro- is doubtful, so he's probably not going to play. Man, that that I mean, huge. it's a huge loss. It's yeah. like, and I think as a Bills fan, we can say after seeing Deion Dawkins out, like you can understand what a starting left tackle or a starting tackle Ooh. missing that, especially against a team like the 49ers that has that type of pass rush. It's just it's insane. Shout out to my cousin John Banks. Love you, man. The Giants aren't good. Overrated. Tua is left-handed. Jimmy G, not a knock. And the Bills are clicking right now. Love you, Spence. I love you too, man. Um, I don't think I don't think the comparison between Tua and Jimmy is a bad thing, but I no, think no, no, man. No, I, man, 49ers fans are saying it, and it's not a bad. Th- I don't I don't look at it as a knock, but I think that they're di- they're a little bit different. I, I like I like Tua more than I like Jimmy. And he's I, more I, I feel, He's I more. He's way more. Man. He's way more. Yeah. Accurate. Yeah. I, I don't like Tua, but I like Tua, if that makes sense. Like, I don't like that he plays for the Dolphins, but, man, he, what, 69% completion percentage, 19 touchdowns, back. what, uh, three interceptions. And, I mean, he's 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 doing what he's supposed to do. You know, he's the he's the point guard in that offense, and, and he was at in Alabama, and he's doing that right now. And in this game that we're talking about, the 49ers have the number one ranked defense in the NFL. And the and the uh, Miami Dolphins are ranked third, so I think this will be a really good test for Tua to see. I kind of liken to Josh Allen when they had to go to San Francisco and play the 49ers a few years ago. We kind of got to see where Josh Allen was in his development and maturation. I think the same thing will be said for Tua after this game on Sunday. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. Yeah, they got a tough stretch of games like the last six yeah. weeks. So we're gonna find out a lot about them. Uh, I know they had a bit of a softer schedule, but. You know, all these six, these last six games are pretty brutal. Yeah, I feel like we 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 back on top, man. We it, like for us, it's in our own hands. Like as a Bills right. fan, you're well, yeah. excited about the end of this season because now it comes down to okay, if the Bills show up, it, you know, you got a very very strong chance to win a division and, and maybe even still be in position for the conference. Um, what are your Twan? What are your key, keys to victory in this game? If you're if you're a Dolphins fan, how do you, especially with these injuries that we just talked about? How do you go out to San Francisco and win this game? What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I mean, goes back to protecting Tua, as I kind of touched on, uh, running the ball. Yeah, I definitely think that's a big key, too. So you're not throwing the ball like 35, 40 times. So the pass rush doesn't necessarily get to you uh, on a regular basis. And trying to slow down Christian McCaffrey, too. I know... uh, Mitchell for San Francisco is gonna is gonna be out for six to eight weeks, so a lot of it's gonna be on McCaffrey there and to, to run the load there. So if you're able to shut him down, then I definitely think they got a legit shot. I think it's gonna be one of the better games of the weekend too. To be honest with you, it's sad that I don't think a lot of people are gonna be getting the game there uh, nationally, but yeah, it's definitely one of the marquee games of the weekend, if not the marquee game of the weekend. Man, if they don't go ahead and just and just let you know. I don't, I don't, I get it. I get it. But I feel like when, when, I don't know, I just feel like you should be able to, I feel like football, all of these games should be included with, if you got direct TV and all, you got all of these different sites, we paying for everything these days. You got 17 different subscriptions to stuff. You, if you even have like the NFL plus app, first of all, it's, it's trash. not good. It is not good, but no, you got, you're paying for all of these subscriptions. And then like, you can't even watch the games you want to watch. It's ridiculous, man. I got links on, on deck if y'all need him hit me up on Twitter. i'm joking i'm joking don't take the video <laughs> <laughs> but but uh now Stroh's in the flip what do you think the 49ers have to do um Twan just kind of talked about what you know the dolphins have to do to win this game w- what do we want to see from the 49ers because i want to see them win 
Yeah, I think you need to take a take a page out of uh, the Tony Dungy defensive playbook of success, which is, you know, A, don't let them burn you deep. You know, keep it all in front of you. Make two or have eight, nine, ten play drives. Make them earn every touchdown they get. You have the number one defense. You got a great matchup linebacker, Fred Warner. You got guys on the edge that can rush the passer. You know, apply pressure, um, you know, with that with that front four, right? You know, their front seven is really good. So I, I would just, uh, you know, run the football. Make them, you know, San Francisco, I mean, uh, the Dolphins don't have a good defense. You know, they they're – in the secondary, they, they, they're missing cues. Xavier Howard is a great turnover machine, but, at the, you know, at the same time, it's like they can't cover a soul back there. So I, I would I would keep the pedal to the metal there. I, I would throw the ball deep, and I would throw it often. I know it's Jimmy Garoppolo, but, yeah, keep it uh, – run that football, man. That's their bread and butter. Yeah, they uh, believe it or not, Xavier Howard just has one interception this year, which came last week. So. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's hard to believe. He's, but he's always around the football. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, you know. Yeah, he hasn't had the year I think a lot of people um, expected. But I think part of that also, they've been throwing to the other side and then not trying to throw his way, especially when, you know, you don't have a, like a Byron Jones there who's been out all year. Well, I'm looking I'm looking forward to this game. Like when I when I wasn't I know it was it was funny and whatever, but I'm when I tell you I'm a 49ers fan for real this weekend, it's going down. Like I'm, I'm well, I'm, I'm a well here's the thing. Like if the Bills take care of business the next couple of weeks, you got nothing to worry about. It's not even just a worry. Like, for me right now, when it comes to this game, I'm so sick and tired of the way Dolphins fans talk. It's not, it's not even about this. Because I'm confident in my team now. Like, like I said earlier, everything's in our hands. We, You know, if the Bills win, if they show up every week, it is what it is. But, man, the way the way these Dolphins fans talk, they so reckless, man. They so re- – but I get it. They're excited because their team is winning. They finally have some something to be excited about over the last few years, especially when it comes to the Bills. They beat the Bills this year. Uh, since Josh Allen has come into the league, he's owned them. So, yeah. so I mean, I understand the excitement, you know, it, but it's just like, dude, the way they talk – and then it, there's, this one, there's this one content creator specifically, like specifically – who was super disrespectful after we lost that game? The, the chefs. Uh, are you familiar with the chefs in Buffalo? They're always yeah, like, yeah. On- yeah, we talked about this. Uh, earlier. Yeah, man, like this clown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I, I just can't. So I can't wait, dog. I, I can't wait. Like, like. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about these Jets. The Jets got to be no, because for real, it's so man, <laughs> man, it's it's just so disrespectful. And it's like the chefs are two dudes that if you've ever met them. They're two of the nicest cats, like for real. Like they're just so nice to everybody. Um, they've been super fans forever. So yeah. if you ever come to Buffalo and you want to take a picture with the chefs, they do it. They smile. They, you know, it's like it's, they never give any issue. And this guy is like cussing them out, saying all types of things that that they don't they don't play for the team. You know what I'm saying? Like show some respect to people in general. Like you, just complete. Anyway, the Jets game. The Jets game. <laughs> Twine, you can take the lead on this, man. What what ha- what has happened in this Sunday? Uh, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I think that you know the Jets have an opportunity. If they're going to win, they got two games on the road against the Vikings and Bills. I think this is the easier of the two. Not that just the Vikings, but their defense is ranked thirty second in pass coverage uh, in NFL this year. So if you're going to win this, then I think this is if you're going to want to win one at least split, this is the one to do it. I mean, Mike White had a tremendous day against the Bears. You know, threw for over 300 yards, three touchdowns. Obviously, this is a much different challenge when you're facing the Vikings. Although I know that the secondary isn't good, they have a do they do have a really good front four uh, with Darius Smith and also uh, Daniel Hunter. They're able to get pressure there with their front four. So it's going to be about Mike White. Can he make you know, sound decisions um, once again? And you know, you're not going to have uh, Mike. More likely, you're not going to have Michael Carter starting. He's he's uh, doubtful for the game there. I, I doubt he's going to play. And then. James Robinson hasn't necessarily, you know, that deal hasn't necessarily worked out. He's not necessarily happy about his role. He got, he was inactive last week. So you're probably going to have to rely on Zonovan Knight and also Ty Johnson to carry the run game. And, you know, it's a tall order. But, you know, I definitely think the Jets have enough to be able to get the job done. And if you can get pressure on Kirk Cousins, force some mistakes there defensively, it should be another close game, especially with their defense there. It's just about can they pull it out in the end once again and, you know, we saw with the Patriots game how they weren't able to pull it out. It came down, it came down to a special teams play, and I definitely think it could be the same case in this one. Can you I speak like to? Right. 
I do oh, too. Ahead. I was going to ask a question about that. Can you speak to like what, you know, Mike White being the starter last week, like, have you seen a difference in the approach or the energy uh, with the team now? You know, they, Mike White comes in for the second year in a row. He's done this and, and, and provided a spark offensively for this team. What's what's the energy like with the players? Well, I think they like Mike White. I think he's just a really nice guy. that's just easy to root for, especially with his story where, you know, he came from Dallas. You know, he was way from them and the Jets signed him and. He kind of bounced back between the practice squad and the active roster and finally stuck last year and got his opportunity when Zach Wilson got hurt uh, and had the great game against Cincinnati there. Wasn't able to really follow that up against matchups against the Colts and then threw four interceptions against the Bills there and now has his opportunity to try to keep the job permanently, at least for the rest of the year anyway. Like, I don't know what may happen in the offseason, but at least for the rest of the year, keep the job there. Although the Jets keep, they'll tell you on the outside that their plan is to bring back Zach Wilson at some point. But, you know, if you keep winning, you know, it's going to be hard to, you know, in order right. to do that. So as long as he takes care of business on you know, these next two weeks, then I think he's going to remain the starter. But if they go 0-2 and then he struggles, then, you know, they might bring back Zach Wilson. And, you know, they also might be, you know, eliminated from playoff contention eventually too as well. But Zach, uh, Mike White gives you the best opportunity to reach the playoffs. All he needs to do is just play average football. You don't need necessarily – Go out there and be Kurt Warner back in 1999, where you come off the bench and you know become the Super Bowl MVP. You just need him to you know not turn the ball over and give you a playmaker's opportunity to win. And that's that's the thing, man. And that, that that sounds so bad when you think about you have a first round pick that you would think would be able to take advantage of a defense like the Jets have. The Jets have, you know, as much as I, I dogged them, you know, I joke and I dogged them, but it's like they they have a defense that if they just had a quarterback that didn't lose the game for them. The Jets could probably have a similar record to the Bills and, and the Dolphins right now. They yeah, just don't. I mean, that's why I said that. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't need, need to. They need Matt. They could take Matt Jones, and I think they uh, be right there. They just need average quarterback play. That's it. Crazy. Like, you put Matt Jones on the Jets right now, they they would have a chance to win it. At least they're making the playoffs. Like yeah. at least. It's just it's just crazy. You know, it's crazy to think about. So my question to you, and this is like, is is not. Um, I guess it's not relevant right now because we're in the season and all that. But if things keep going this way, could you see? Because I, I really feel like a trade um, for certain quarterbacks around the league. Like I feel like I thought Jimmy should have left San Francisco last year. I could see Jimmy coming to a team like New York and being better than you know, like just to to be a consistent quarterback, not lose games for you, not you know. I think he's better than what a lot of people are giving him credit for. I know this year he got some weapons that's like. You know, it, it, you get Christian McCaffrey with Debo Samuel, you're gonna be scared. I could probably go out there and throw for 100 yards, maybe. You know, what I mean, give me, give me a couple of those. What do they call it? The, the pitch, the little pass handoff joints they yeah. do. Give me a couple of those. <laughs> I could get you 100 something yards. But I think somebody like Jimmy Garoppolo could come to New York, and I'm not gonna say Jersey this time. I ain't gonna make you mad, but he could come to New York. I'm not making me mad. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, I mean, there's a connection. Robert Sala was the defensive coordinator in San Francisco. I mean, Mike LaFleur is, you know, they run a similar offense as the 49ers. So, uh, Matt LaFleur was there. I mean, so, yeah, they, they have, like, connections, like, with the 49ers. So, it would be perfect, like, for Jimmy G. They end up going from San Francisco to New York. So, yeah, I definitely think that's that's a possibility. I think it's some kind of veteran quarterback. I think you got, got to add somebody, Derek Carr, might be a possibility there. I think the Raiders are probably let him go um, in the L season. We'll see what happens with Ryan Tannehill and uh, Tennessee Titans. I know they took mm. Willis in the third round last year, but you know they may keep him another year. But I know he's has like a big cap number. They might want to get away from. So those are probably names, the three names that I would probably look at as far as like veterans that can come in and you know stabilize the situation until you find a you know long term solution. I would like to see Derek Carr in Indianapolis. I, I would like to see him with the Colts. Yeah, that would, that would make sense. That'd be too. nice. But I don't know who the coach is going to be. It's not going to be Jeff Saturday moving forward unless they just go. Dude, did we talk? I don't even remember. Did we crazy. talk about? Did we talk about that? That um, no, we haven't. Like, I, I was not here when we talked. Like, if you did, I wasn't here. So. Man, can we just real quick go back in time for a minute and talk about the foolishness that happened at the end of that game where he just basically gave the he, clock management. I oh, feel like I feel, oh yeah, yeah. 
I feel like if you play Madden, you know to call a damn timeout there. You know what I mean? Like, and I hate to even use that because I feel like everybody who thinks they, you know, everybody who plays Madden thinks they know how to coach. But I mean, seriously, if you play Madden, you know to call a timeout there. What <laughs> the heck was going on? And like, I, I, I don't get it. That's the first, it, the first it was like, major fumble. Well, I don't know. If that was the well, that was one of them. But I think you know, it was like. How can I say this? It was like they were – he was not calling timeouts in order for them to lose. It's like they were tanking. That's what it looked like. That's exactly what – I don't want to say they were, but that's that's what it looked like. It was like, you know, we're not going to call these timeouts because everything was just discombobulated. And then I'm like, why are you not calling time? Like you're letting so much time go off the clock there. It makes no sense whatsoever. It goes back to this guy shouldn't have got the job in the first place. But, yeah, I get you one of the – motivational guy wanted to get somebody to get the offensive line and check and wanted somebody to you know try to you know get some energy in that room and it worked for a game i mean they beat the raiders but then again like anybody i, I think a lot of coaches could have beat the raiders there so it's not really you know saying a whole lot but I, it's it's just a mess like or say I, I don't know what they're doing like i don't shout know what they're and shout out to my dog uh, Josh Jacobs when we talk about the Raiders. I got to put some respect on Josh Jacobs. Yeah, he's leading in the NFL right now, so yeah. he's killing. Who he saw killing, that coming? Man. Well, I, I liked him, but I ain't see this coming. You know what I mean? Like I've always uh, spoken highly of him, and I remember last year on the Hump Day Hotline, me and Joe talked about it, or was it last year we played him or the year before? Whenever, whenever we played the Raiders last, and I'm like, yo, we, I'm telling you, if we don't stop the, because we had a weak running defense at that point, and I'm like, Josh Jacobs has the ability to kind of just open it up, and I ain't think he's gonna open it up like this this year. He's having a season, man. Yeah. Like, I, I love it for him too, because he about to get paid. He about to get paid. So go ahead and get, get that back. He, he may get franchised a year, but yeah, he eventually he's gonna get paid. I think. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna get paid and fall off is what's gonna happen. Because anytime you put dump all that money to a running back, man, it just don't yeah. go well. I hate right? paying running backs like that too. That's why yeah. I was like, yeah, I might franchise him for a year to see if he can do it again, and then maybe draft somebody else and let him go. <laughs> I feel yeah, like I it, sad to say like it, yeah, it, <laughs> it worked out paying shady for us and you know it's yeah, that's, guys, true. that's true it's certain it's I, certainly... I understand that it's not normal but i'm saying like there's certain guys like derrick henry got injured but he looks back i don't know i just feel like you know because his running game is coming back like this year i think the nfl was averaging the entire across the across the entire nfl they're averaging more yards per carry ever like in, in the history of the NFL, it's the most average yards per carry. And I just I, I love it. I, I love it. Um, real quick question about the Bills. Uh, Mafia Talk wants to know, so with this running back room, are we comfortable letting Motor walk, walk and give the backfield to Cook? Or do you think we'll either draft another running back and sign a, a vet? Does Hines take over? I have a very I – have, I don't think Hines takes over. I, I just – I keep saying this. I've been saying this week by week. I think – I think Naheem Hines is a good football player, but I don't think he's the football player that Bills fans anticipated him being. He is not Christian McCaffrey level. He's not a all, he's not a game changer. He's a good solid backup. I like Cook as well. I think you keep developing him and he might be that dude. If it were up to me though, um Motor's having a good year, not a great year. So I think we can get Motor back on a decent deal. Uh Stiros, why don't you take this and then you know we'll run this around to Antoine to see what he thinks. Honestly, I'd let Motor go uh, and draft a guy. I mean, yep. you look at the stable of running backs that are coming to the league in the draft this year. It's 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 bananas. Uh, so that production that Motor brings, I think you can replace. And so I'd rather have James Cook and, and a rookie be your your one A one B kind of thing, and let Naheem Hines play the James Cook role now. Uh, no disrespect to Motor, but you know, I just think that from an athletic standpoint. And, and contact balance, I mean, he just doesn't really offer you much. Seeing him in the pass game, he's dropping passes. That, I mean, that, that kind of stuff drives me crazy, especially when there's no one around you and you're just dropping passes. Like, you can get a really you – you can get an upgrade, I'm telling you. Like, you can get a running back that could do what Motor does and, and offer you the same amount of pass protection or, or, or picking up blitzes, you know, that he does in the draft this year. I mean, I could name three or four guys that could do that. So, uh, I, I'd say let him go. I just don't trust Brandon. At now, Bill's going is gonna get mad. I trust Brandon Bean as a GM. I don't trust him as an eye for talent for for running backs. The running backs that he's drafted in the come on, man. Like we already we traded one for Naheem Hines. It's like, you know, 
I don't know. Twan, what you think about that? Uh, I, oh yeah, like, unless, unless you have a, a generational running back uh, as a whole, like on your roster, then draft them young, run them into the ground for four years, let them go, draft their replacement, yep. and just keep good, just keep it moving. Unless you got like a Ladanian Tomlinson or Derrick Henry or someone like that, then yeah, I, I'm not about paying running backs. Like I'm really not. Like I, I don't think. Yeah, you look at look at Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys. Their deal was terrible. And then that out is honestly, they got a like Paulus better running back than him right now. So yeah, right, yeah. right, right. So for me, like, yeah, just keep drafting running backs until unless you got like a home run, like Hall of Fame guy, then yet, yeah, yeah I, I don't sign him at all to a second contract. That's just always been my philosophy. But I see all what right. you're saying, Spence, about what Brandon because Brandon Bean holds on to his guys for too long. You know what I'm saying? He so he he gonna he'll probably re-sign motor. But I don't think that's the play. But I think, you know, there's something to be said about Brandon Bean and his ability to draft wide receiver and running back talent. I just don't think he's – it doesn't seem like he's very confident in that, you know? Well, I don't think that – I don't think he wants to use high draft capital on those positions. Like, it seems like he he values the defensive line and maybe even the offensive line more. Like, we took um, we took an offensive lineman in, in the second round that we ended up trading to the Arizona Cardinals. So, it, you, you but it's like – I just yeah. don't feel like um, – when it comes to running backs, I know this year we took Cook in the second round, but I feel like you almost had to when the Jets took took Hall, and you, you know, like you you had to add some type of dynamic weapon. But I don't know, I just don't I don't trust him when it comes to drafting running backs and and wide receivers at this point. Because to me, I don't I still don't think Gabe Davis is like the dude that that we want. But that's a different conversation. Let's move on to the last game of the week that I want to <laughs> really highlight. I just don't feel like arguing with everybody. You're right though, me, but you're right. You know, I just Gabe Davis to me, he's not. He's not wide receiver too. He got a touchdown last night. Yay. He also had two drops last night and he's had a ton of drops throughout the season coming into the game last night. He had 33 receptions for the mm-hmm. year. Same thing with Dawson Knox. He's Dawson Knox is being underutilized and he has 33 receptions. I, I just don't. Anyway, the chiefs game, the chiefs and the Bengals. I think that's also a game that everybody's going to have their eyes on. Uh, Twan, what are you watching for when you watch that game? Uh, I mean, obviously, I mean, Jamar Chase will be back, too. And then uh, I'm trying to see – I want to see if uh, Joe Mitson returns, too. He's still – yet he still hasn't been cleared from concussion protocol. If he can be cleared, then I think that's a bit boost for the Bengals there. You get your uh, trio back with Burrow, Chase, and uh, Mitson. And, I mean, you need all hands on deck, especially in a game like this where you're playing a high-powered Chiefs team that, you know, obviously you know what Patrick Mahomes is and, you know, you know what Travis Kelsey is, too. Is, and so – that was actually gonna be like a shootout, like um, kind of similar. I think what we saw in the regular season matchup between the Bengals and Chiefs last year too, as well. So yeah, basically it's it's gonna be. It might be one of those cases where the whoever gets the ball last ends up winning the game too. But you know, I know you're not big on the Bengals, but you know they definitely they're, they're in it. They still have an opportunity to win the division. Uh, it's a big game for them. Obviously, still a big game for the Chiefs too, as well. They want to uh, continue to. You know, hold serve in the AFC at the number one spot too, especially with the Bills winning. So yeah, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to this one. This definitely is uh, going to be a huge matchup. Yeah, I'm not high on them, but I would absolutely love for the Bengals to to prove me wrong when it comes to this weekend. Like, go out there and smack these boys, smack the Chiefs. Where are you at with the Sterlos? I mean, these te- these two teams are, are practically identical. You you got the the second ranked offense in the Kansas City Chiefs versus the eighth ranked def- uh, offense and, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And I, and if I'm not uh, mistaken, I think the the Chiefs are ranked ninth and the Bengals are ranked eighth in defense. So these guys, the yeah. matchups that are there, I think it's going to come down to the, who who's going to make a play. And, and right now, if I had to make a, uh, an assumption or a guess, I, I really do think that the Bengals have a really good opportunity to come in here and win this game if Jamar. Ch- plays you know t higgins had a really good game last week uh and, and maybe we should start thinking about the Bengals in a different light maybe this is just one of those teams that they just start off slow i mean last year we saw them catch lightning in the bottle toward the middle of the season they carried that momentum to the playoffs to the super bowl so maybe you know i i, I was with you earlier like yo the Bengals are trash but now they seem to be getting it together. And so, you know, Trey Hendrickson and these guys, if they can continue to find the pass rush, I think it'll be a good game. Uh, if I had to put money on it, I bet on the Chiefs because, I mean, there is no stop at Travis Kelsey right now and Patrick Mahomes. But I think, like you guys said, you know, it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last. 
I just I, I still don't believe in them the way I did. They, now, in the AFC, I think because it, it's loaded at the top there, like obviously it's division winners and then those wild card spots. I think it's going to be tough. Like, you know, when we're still talking about, um, you know, the Jets kind of having the ability, hopefully, to make it. The, Patri- the Patriots mm-hmm. probably out now. But, you know, like when you have certain teams up there and th- I don't think they're winning that division. I, I still think that that. The Baltimore Ravens, I know they took an L and it was an ugly loss with the two point conversion. And, you know, I, I get it. You lost to Jacksonville, but I, I just don't see Lamar. It, it, I don't know. I just I just don't see Lamar Jackson really taking those type of L's to really put the Bengals in position to win that division. And I feel well, like Twine just I mean, like, they're, nah. they're tied up right now. I mean, they got the same record. Only thing Ravens have the uh, tiebreaker right now because they won early in the season. So, I mean, they got a game week 18. That could be the division. Like, so yeah. I could definitely see that being the 830 gate, 820 game on Sunday night. I mean, that might be what it comes down to. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get ready to get on out of here. If y'all are listening or if y'all watching and y'all still have some free time, my man Bruce Nolan and Nate Geary is coming up directly following us with Food for Thought. Make sure y'all check it out on that bubble, Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. I forgot to say, and I apologize to our sponsors. This is sponsored by Picasso Pizza in Buffalo. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day, Picasso Pizza. That's PicassoPizza.net, shipping local and nationwide. Uh, Before we get on out of here, we got about four minutes before we have to get on out of here. I do want to ask if there is an album or if there's anything that y'all listening to that I need to listen to this week while I'm watching the games. I got one for you, man. Uh, Metro Boomin Boomin, uh, came out with a new album uh, today, actually. And I, I, I like it. It's called Heroes and Villains. Uh, you know, it's 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 just that trap. You know, you get listen to Takeoff's uh, song on there. Uh, it's pretty dope. Actually, I I, pull, I just pulled it up, but it's called uh, "Feel the Fire." I think okay. I think it's dope. I check it out. And I, I um I read today that Takeoff's uh, the 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 suspect was arrested in Takeoff's murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so so that's good news. Um, but no, I check out Metro Boomin's album. Metro, I mean, consistently, he's one of the. They put out good, Metro puts out good music, yeah. Just in general, uh, Antoine, what you listening to? Uh, I, I've been listening to uh, I, I like Merce. I, I don't know how many uh, like how how much of y'all Merce have y'all listened to. Like he's one of my favorite yeah. underground hip hop artists. Mm-hmm. Like he has an album with uh, the Grouch that I definitely like too. Also another underground guy. So yeah, I definitely been vibing to that. So that's been a solid album. All right. Well, this this week, um, really more so today, but then, you know, I'm going to stick on it this weekend, too. I've been I've been kind of catching up on Joey Badass. I, I like that 2000 yeah. album that he dropped earlier this year in, in July. I'm about to probably go and dig into some of his other his earlier music, too. Dude is a beast. I didn't realize like I, I knew he really? was good. Like, you've been yeah. sleeping on that, Dan. I have 100 <laughs> percent. I've been sleeping on that. But, you know, it's like I feel like uh, there's so many there's so many artists that come out of new york and you know it's like sometimes they get lost in the shuffle i definitely was sleeping on joey badass i ain't even gonna hold you like the well, dude is well, you um grigging back into his older stuff like i was listening to 1999 too okay mm-hmm. all right yeah, i'm gonna I check it out one. i'm gonna check it out so uh we're gonna get on out of here twan why don't you let everybody know where they got Just you? my name antoine staley on twitter that's why he's just waiting to find me <laughs> Sterling, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you as well? At Ferro Sterling on Twitter, man. You can find me at the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, buffalorumblings.com. And ladies and gentlemen, y'all know how I do it over here. It's your boy, Jay Spencer King, and uh, I represent that Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Podcast Network. Y'all love each other, take care of each other, live in peace. As always, stay positive, test negative, go Bills.
What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.